Welcome to Dad Hammer, Bolters and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David the War Boss, and I am joined once again, a little different, once again by Chief Librarian Lawson due to Medicaid Steve being on some much needed vacation, resting up with his family. So I got I got the Chief Librarian with us. Lawson, welcome back. How you doing? Hey, David. Glad to be back. Um, so here's the thing. Actually, Steve never existed. It was all <laughs> just a play. A clever ruse. A clever ruse. I am the changer. So you just disguised your voice. Exactly. I've been you Steve sound, the entire time. Yeah. you sound, And I can say this out of love. You sound like a grizzled old man occasionally. All the time. <laughs> Whenever the mood strikes me. Yeah. Well, good. Um, well, thankfully, you know, I well, all jokes aside, uh, we do miss Steve. Steve will be back. He just uh, had to step away, you know, for a little. It's it's tough being Medicaid, Steve, and you need to step away a little bit, recharge the batteries. And he's missing out on all the fun, though, because we got we have so much to talk about. And I'm so glad you're here for the second time. And hopefully you'll be a mainstay going forward. Oh, wow. Setting the expectations pretty high, huh? Yeah, it's recorded now. So uh, now it's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's too late now. It's set okay, in stone. Okay. You're required. Right, well, I'll have to take it up with my uh, chief librarians. My, yeah, my okay. chief or chiefer librarians. <laughs> They're the chiefest of the chiefs. Chiefest, exactly. Got it. Well, so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. We've got a great show for you. We are going to talk about the Pariah Nexus show. It just wrapped with, um, well, unfortunately, just three episodes, but the final episode aired. This is going to be a bit of a spoiler cast. So I'll, um, I think previously we've, we've done some reviews, impressions of Pariah Nexus and the various episodes. And this one will be, we'll talk a little bit more about the story. So I'll, I'll be sure to let everybody know. And then you can fast forward if you don't want to hear any spoilers. We're also going to go over a recent combat patrol multiplayer game. We did a two V two at the dad hammer compound, AKA my house. And we had a really awesome time, lots of different takeaways, some ups and some downs, and some some tips if you're looking to start a multiplayer game. And then we'll also round out the show with a review of the latest White Dwarf issue, issue number 491. There's a lot of cool stuff in there, and we'll talk about it and go over all the amazing content within the latest issue. Thank you so much for listening to our show. As always, please make sure you rate, follow, subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen and also just tell other people about our show tell them what we're doing here and especially if you like it tell lots of people um, but you can find us on our website dadhammerpodcast.com and on social media all kinds of good stuff out there and but we are very very excited to talk about all kinds of cool warhammer stuff this time but first we're going to start with the most important part of every dad hammer podcast and that is what are we drinking? And, you know, Lawson, this is a little different, uh, but I'm excited because we're going to introduce a bit of a new feature to the show. I know our, our show is called Bolters and Booze, and and don't worry, I've got, I've got the booze. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, got it, uh, I've got it locked down, um, and I'll start, and then I want to go over to yours because you're providing a mocktail, which I think is really cool for for those that maybe are younger listeners or people that just don't uh, consume alcohol, uh, perfectly acceptable. There's a lot of awesome mocktails out there that taste just as good. Uh, but tonight I am just, I think I've done this before, a little bit lazy. 
but I have a uh, pumpkin pie liqueur and some vanilla vodka. So it's kind of like a pumpkin white Russian, uh, mm. so to speak. Yeah, it's good. Uh, nice. Very sweet and uh, very creamy. But I've had this before, so it's a little bit of a, a lazy, lazy excuse for a cocktail. But, um, you know, this is this is what's available. So I, I got the lame drink. Usually we start with the lame drink, oh, and then man. we and then we go to the, the well, it, the one with the, the cool Warhammer name. That's that's the, always the second one. So I'm gonna pitch it over to you, Lawson, with our mocktail new feature. What are you drinking tonight? Well, as the resident flyer of this group's ship, I gotta be the one who makes sure we get where we're going. Our vessel, can't, we can't, <laughs> the vessel. I am I am the the pilot of the vessel. Yeah, make sure we get there. Uh, unfortunately, though, my my mocktail is not exactly unique. Uh, it's it's pretty plain, but um, you know, keeping in the Warhammer theme, we I named this one the uh, Dante's Oath nice. in uh, relation to the Blood Angels, and this one is just kind of Sprite, or I, I used Sprite in mine, but you could use any kind of lime soda, and then I added some grenadine to it. So you could also add some cherries. I just didn't have any cherries. Totally forgot about it. It happens, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> The, the you just add add enough grenadine and it it's fine yeah so it's more like a i guess just like a cherry sprite almost right essentially yeah, yeah. it was made after the shirley temple was the idea yeah. behind it uh so i just kind of from for my first one you know it, you know we got to start somewhere so yeah. hopefully only goes up from here you know well i like the name the the dante's oath because you know we were talking about it earlier about which what should we call this one because the, the blood angels and blood and fierce and all of that. I'm like, well, this has just got Sprite in it. So probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't have that. And I'm not the lore guy. So I was asking who's, who's Sanguinius's uh, sidekick. Who's the, who's the guy making sure he, you know, ties his uh, tie on, keeps his tie straight and stays devoted to the cause. And you're like, well, it's Dante. So Dante's oath. Perfect. Well, yeah, except, um, you know, Sanguinius is dead. Okay, but I mean, <laughs> he he did his job, sort of. Well, okay, how, technically how, he. Did. How do you how do you know he's not still devoted? Right, he might still well, I mean, be devoted. That's true, <laughs> but he's also still definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, um, thank you for bringing the mocktail. Hopefully, it's an enjoyable drink to you. If if nothing else, it's just a little bit different it's not just uh you know any kind of soda or, or as yeah. i say in the, in the south we just call everything coke so <laughs> it's, you're not just drinking a coke or or drinking water you you put a little extra effort into it and i think that's great and especially for any of our listeners who are not looking for an alcoholic beverage you can still be an adult and not have booze in it i promise <laughs> it definitely can uh, for for sure but i've been doing good my whole life so far about it yep it can totally be done yep i'm, awesome. I'm the pinnacle of awesomeness <laughs> <laughs> and humility as well. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yes. You're the most the humble chiefest, person ever. As the chiefest librarians. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Lawson, for your mocktail. I will enjoy my drink. Cheers and bottoms up, sir. Cheers. Well, let's get into some news. And by news, I mean the latest Pariah Nexus episode recently dropped, episode three. I was, uh, we've talked about this on previous shows. I was really excited about the Pariah Nexus show when it first aired. Watched the first one, was blown away. The animation so amazing. 
And now we're on episode three and I see that, okay, this is the exciting conclusion. I'm like, what? Exciting conclusion? Mm-hmm. Man, it's only only three episodes. So let's let's get into this a little bit. Um, and this is a, a spoiler cast. So for anyone that, that wants to avoid any of spoilers for Pariah Nexus, feel free to, to fast forward a little bit. If you're on Spotify, um, I always put the bookmarks in there so you can see when we're going to skip to the next section. So uh, feel free to fast forward, but you know we're, we're going to go a little bit into spoiler territory here. But man, I, I thought this the latest episode was really great, but going back even to the first episode where they introduce the uh, Sisters of Battle, is it Danica, I think is her name? Yeah. Um, and just the, she's just so angry. Like she's just ang- angry at everything, and it gave me honestly. I thought I always thought the sisters of battle from a tabletop model standpoint were really cool. I, I thought they were neat, but I didn't really understand, you know, the lore. Again, I'm not the lore guy, but I I was just so um, maybe drawn to the character and impressed with how angry and ready to murder people that you know you think oh sisters of battle faith and and you know devoted to the emperor no they'll cut you <laughs> <laughs> she did not come to play games no she was like i'm i'm here to cleanse this world and this world just failed because you guys suck yeah <laughs> i was just okay yeah it, basically right. i mean so the world is being invaded by necrons who were introduced to um illuminor Zeris, which i thought was really cool to see the mm-hmm. model come to life you know in an animation and, and then like the death marks yeah right it's just really creepy like this mad scientist kind of a vibe <laughs> yeah which uh i thought was really cool and then you got the death marks and the uh, snipers and you know lawson steve and i have talked about this previously but i don't i don't own any death marks in the necron army but i and i'm interested in your thoughts here we're my original impression of death marks as a model looking at them where it's just, you know, these are okay, cool snipers, whatever. But now that I've seen them in this animation, I'm like, oh man, these guys are, are deadly. I did you did you have the same feeling, I guess, when you're seeing the death marks and the, the teleportation and all that kind of stuff going on? I was I was definitely impressed. I you know, when in the first episode before you really got to see the death mark in action, so to speak, and you kind of just saw like the the Necrons themselves, like just the regular mindless Necrons who are just regular foot soldiers, nothing to them. Mm-hmm. And then the death mark comes in and he, he speaks, he talks, he's, he's got his own character. And then you're like, Ooh, shady individual. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then, and I think in the second episode, he just shows up and he's just, just absolutely just murders a, right. a ultramarine just, easily he makes it look so easy and i was like emperor's angels yeah hmm, how's that going for you that was that <laughs> was well. crazy to me that he just just took out i mean because space marines are supposed to be these superhuman right. things and i mean i still think of that but uh i thought that the ability for a single death mark to take out a space marine while well i think on the tabletop i wouldn't necessarily pit those two against each other but at the same time a a death mark, a, a sniper of any caliber in any army is going to be able to take out a single, you know, foot soldier. And I know an, an intercessor is more than just a foot soldier, but still, right? You you get the idea that they can still take out. You know, rolling dice with a group of death marks onto a group of intercessors, you're probably going to take some out with without mm-hmm. any, too much of an issue. So I thought this really came to life with this Pariah Nexus show. 
and made me, and I've said this before, it made me want to to go buy some death marks. And I feel like a, a sucker, you know, for, okay, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've, I've given them my money for this Warhammer TV and Warhammer Plus, and now they are almost incentivizing me to go out and, and buy more models. I don't know. Lawson, I know you're not necessarily a, a big Necron player, but did you have the same kind of vibe, maybe even with the Space Marines or Sisters of Battle? Uh, more so, so as, as a Salamander player, yes. When, when the Salamander entered the fray and yeah. it just was, just, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, already kind of, I'm, I'm in on that one. They, they, you don't have to convince me. I will <laughs> say for the, uh, Scorpec Lord or the Scorpec Destroyer. Um, yeah. this is, again, not, sorry, not a Necron player. I apologize if I, if I, I butchered know, that okay. one. Um, he was super cool. I, I saw him and I saw that fight scene and I was like, mm, I would not mind having some of them. I don't play Necrons. They're not going to do me any good, but they're really cool. <laughs> so yeah, it, the, those yeah. things are scary, man. Yeah. The, those, the, and they are, they are Scorpec destroyers, but they, um, there's a lot of Scorpec stuff in the, in the Necron forces. And I, and I play mm-hmm. Necrons occasionally. They're not my, my main army by any means, but, um, I the the models themselves like these tarantula looking things with giant blades and <laughs> they already look kind of terrifying I'm looking at the models now on their website I'm like wow these, these things look really cool but boy in this third episode where that a single Scorpec destroyer comes out and just I mean lops off the hand of the space mm-hmm. marine I'm like oh snap like <laughs> These things are terrifying, man. And uh, again, makes me want like I need some Scorpec destroyers. You know, I don't think I, I don't think I have any yet. I've got the Ophidian destroyers. I've got some other stuff, but the the Scorpec destroyers really look like melee, you know, killing machines mm-hmm. in in the best possible way. Um, I I thought just overall the the episode third episode was was good. It it was a little more low on the action even though it ramped up towards the end uh, a lot of the you know frightened children frightened humans and the the back and forth between uh danica the sister of battle and her i guess her, her dead sister now the the ghost um mm. the, a lot mm-hmm. of that back and forth a lot of story build up which normally would be really great but now now the show's ended so I, I don't mind all the story build up, but I feel like this would have been great if they'd have had maybe four or five more episodes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. It it was it was a honestly, it was a pretty serious letdown. Yeah. Um and nothing negative toward the show necessarily. The show was amazing. I very much enjoyed watching it. I just they they did a really good job. Like the first episode was like okay i don't really understand what's going on but i'm i'm here for the ride it's all good mm-hmm. second episode they they outlined it a little bit better did a much better job third episode they really flushed out that story and i was like oh man yes this is awesome and then it just it's it, it's it till you get and it's like, just oh, over yeah that's what i was i think that's there. why it was was disappointing i think disappointing yeah. because i liked it so much and i i wanted to see more mm-hmm. but we didn't we didn't really get to see that it, it just ended so quickly um, that said, it, it ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? You don't know what's what's going to happen with Illuminor Zeris. Um, he it, it sounds. What's the um, the the name of the Space Marine? Uh, oh, jeez, Kazakan or or something like I I don't remember. One of the one of the the Space Marine character was was saying that you know he's going to go after 
Illuminaris Eris, and it's mm-hmm. obvious that, that he's going to seek revenge, even though he only has one hand. <laughs> now, <laughs> Tis but a scratch. <laughs> Tis but a flesh wound. And he's going to go after Illuminaris Eris, and I think that's really cool. So, um, And then at the very end, it shows the the guard going after, and they see the little boy who, and it, you know, they, they end it. It's almost like they shot him, but I, I don't yeah. think that's the case. So um, a really cool, spooky type of uh, end to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of a Blair Witch thing going on at the end, honestly. And I I think this is really awesome. I wish they had had three or four more episodes. Um, but, you know, the, the only thing is maybe this is just a really expensive show to produce because the animation is so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, maybe. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's end this little segment here and I'll ask a couple questions. So Lawson, what do you think that they could have done better Anything in particular, obviously extending the show to a couple more episodes, but is there anything in particular that you would like to see in a second season, assuming that that happens? Assuming we get a second season, um, I think I would personally really enjoy, I say this very lightly, backstory. I'm, I'm not usually really invested when uh, a series tells a story. And then the entire second season or third season or, or, or whatever goes back and just is essentially the whole season is a flashback. Mm-hmm. Those usually just leave me feeling way more confused than normal, but a little bit of backstory would be kind of cool. I mean, there's not a whole lot here though. It world got invaded by Necrons. Okay, cool. That's, that's all there really is, but maybe some extra backstory into how we yeah. got where we're at or some, some extra characters with some depth. Uh, Cause it, I mean, at this point, you have the space marine and Illuminor Zeris, and those are the only characters you have and they don't have much depth right now because there's not backstory the only backstory they really told was the sister of battle um yeah. and that was still kind of small so some extra backstory obviously some more episodes uh and just some maybe some more depth to some of the characters mm-hmm. help me help me fall in love with the characters a lot more help me get really invested into the characters even more i think that would be really cool yeah, I'd, I'd like to see, to your point about the backstory, I'd like to see how, how they got there. How did the, or a flashback or two, you know, a couple of flashback episodes where we we see the Necrons invading and, and what happened. We see a little glimpse of that in episode three where they're doing all the attacking and Danica's sister uh, is killed by the Scorpec destroyer. Um, and, you know, it's a big gruesome thing. And I, and I get the point of the show is this back and forth between Danica. It's more about Danica than anything. It's about mm-hmm. her her mental instability and her faith in the emperor and what her duty is. And I don't think that's really cool. I would just like to see a little more um, and also some additional characters. I like the fact that they didn't introduce too many characters into this. Yeah. But, but if you're only going to do three episodes... I thought the uh, Angels of Death show did a little better that you got a lot of different characters and kind of mm-hmm. little bits and pieces and the show was longer. So it felt more like the story was around the entire squad versus this was just a laser focus on essentially two, two and a half characters. Uh, and then I guess the the Necrons, if you count them. But, you know, it. I, I would like the second season um, or maybe series two or whatever they're going to call it. I would like that to be like what you're saying, fleshing out the the backstories, but also the, maybe a, how we got here. How did this all start? How do we get to the point where the space Marine and the sisters of battle are, are on this planet? Um, 
and then what what's going to happen with Illuminor Saris and maybe even go up into some some like ship battles and things like that but mm. the the thing is and I, I don't um, I have a lot of sympathy for the writers with these kinds of shows because there's literally thousands and thousands of years of lore and history of uh, it's all fictional but they but for them to right. draw from and try to come up with something it's just the scale is so massive that uh, I appreciate the the focus down to individual characters and I, I think that adds something so well, very exciting. Uh, highly recommended if you have Warhammer TV, Warhammer Plus subscription. Definitely check out Pariah Nexus. I, I would say it is, um, now that it's it's ended a little early, I would say it's probably the second best show under Angels of Death, but only because of how short it was. Angels of Death, uh, Pariah Nexus animation is miles better than anything that they've made so far. But definitely check this one out. I would say they've got several heavy hitters now. Um, if you're just trying to jump in or thinking about jumping into Warhammer Plus, definitely check out Pride Nexus. Highly mm-hmm. recommend it. So let's now move over to uh, some Combat Patrol battle reports. But this one in particular was a little bit um, unwieldy shall I say, we, we did a, a multiplayer battle. We were originally going to have, um, so as our, our, our friends, Lee, you know, you, and then one of our other friends, Bill, we're all going to come over and we were going to play two V two or one, uh, one-on-one combat patrol. And then we're going to switch, right? We are going to have play essentially two combat patrol games. Then we're going to switch. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the original intent. And then we had the bright idea, some would say uh, <laughs> a, little, a little scary, but we had the bright idea after watching a battle report on Tabletop Tactics of doing a multiplayer game. Now, the there there aren't any official rules outside of, I think, what boarding actions allows for for multiplayer. There aren't any official rules for 40K multiplayer, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, and so this was a you know we had we had teams i was on bill's team you were on lee's team and we had two different combat patrols so very important to have the distinction there so we didn't do any points we just did okay you're gonna take uh thousand suns that was your mm-hmm. combat patrol yep lee was playing um aldari uh aldari i uh, i was my the, i was the chaos space marines and bill was playing world eaters so we did chaos versus yeah others psychers (laughs) sure (laughs) it didn't matter whatever we're just we're just having a good time so we we started this and it was first of all we had a great time it was a lot of fun um but there there were definitely some takeaways uh i'll lawson i'll let you go first on well first of all I'll, i'll spoil it we we ended in a draw but that was mainly because of of some shenanigans and we missed multiple uh, rules situations. We didn't score it right. There were a lot of things that went wrong, but there were a lot of things that went right too. So, what were you, what were your thoughts overall on this two v two team battle? Hmm. I think you uh, you stated it a little bit lighter. I think the more accurate description of this two v two was a dumpster fire, but <laughs> one that consisted of Nerf guns and silly string everywhere. Yeah, so so it, fun. It was right. It was fun. It, it was a blast. It's very messy. I, yeah, for sure. Uh, we we were all over the place with that one. Uh, it it was. I I always have a blast 
playing Warhammer. It's never a dull moment. It's always, I always walk away very happy with every game that I play, win or lose. It's just, it's fun. This, this game was no exception. Uh, it was, it was a ton of fun to play and it was, it was, it was a good experience in, in many different ways. I learned a lot about the world leaders, about the Eldari and kind of how they play, how they function, maybe what some of their strengths are, what a couple of their weaknesses are. And I also learned that when, when you play a 2v2 with two people who, at least in the case of Bill, um, I know this was his first combat patrol game mm-hmm. with his world leaders. Yeah. So definitely a new player. Um, I've only, I think, played with Lee once or twice. So um, I'm not sure how versed he is in comparison to to you and I, who I know have many, many games under our belts, at least mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they asked questions. Hey, can I do this? Hey, how does this work? Uh, it was it was very challenging for uh, the the walking encyclopedias that we are. Um, we 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 were looking up rules that we never thought to look up. And to be honest, we even looked up rules that we knew how they worked, but we looked them up anyways because at the moment we were like, I don't know what this does. <laughs> let's let's go look it up and figure it out. Yeah, is, I, I I thought yeah. the. Um... You know, again, it, it was a lot of fun, but we had several scenarios where when it's just you playing against one other person, really your the scenarios are um, more more focused, that you're not having to look up the, the, the trigger effects of all these other things. And, you know, even though we were on team, Steve was, or uh, Bill was playing World Eaters, I was playing Chaos Space Marines, and his army, with the way we, we, we segmented it, um, we shared command points, so that was we, we each each uh, player got a command point. So at the start of the battle round, Bill would get a command point, I would get a command point. So we had two command points um, every single round, you know, when that, when that popped up. and But then we would share that as a pool. So if we were going to do a command reroll, we could do it. But we also segmented the ability so that, you know, we didn't have any world eater abilities being able to apply to my uh chaos undivided uh, chaos Mm, space marines mm -hmm. or something like that so we didn't want all that messy stuff we we thought we were doing really well to avoid messy situations that way it just ended up being i think what what um i remember at one point we're playing the game and the it just certain things seemed so overpowered like your your uh thousand sun terminators were coming in i'm like man why are these things so powerful they were so powerful and i just thought that something's something's off something's wrong you're maybe you're not looking at the rules correctly or something that's what i was thinking the whole time and no what it was is that when you're playing two different armies uh on one team it feels like okay i'm playing against it's like one versus two that's what the way Mm -hmm. it felt like sometimes And I'm being attacked by two different armies when really all we were doing is just alternating. So as if we were playing a 2,000-ish point game, it's more like, what, 1,000 to 1,500, depending on the combat patrol, whatever. So it was more like, uh, let's just say, 1,200 points versus 1,200 points. But it didn't feel that way. It felt like two separate teams, two separate uh, armies playing against just one at times. Whenever it was my turn or, or Bill's turn, did you did you feel that way at all? Like the overpoweredness of it? There were definitely some moments where I remember going, "Yeah, this game is we're 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 dead. There's no way. There's no we don't stand a chance. We're about to yeah. get just tabled in turn two. 
Um, but it, to be honest, the reverse is also very true. I, I, I think by the end of turn two, I was going, Oh my good. We're, we might table them. What the mm-hmm, heck? Mm-hmm. It was the game definitely did a zero to 100 type of shift, uh, for sure. It, but that, yeah, there were, there were definitely times where it just kind of felt a little crazy. Uh, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. I also kind of felt like I was like, my terminators are really putting, putting, putting both teams on their backs right now. Mm-hmm. And they are just carrying everybody. And they weren't, I, they weren't overpowered. Not, not, not necessarily. Um, they're, the Scarab Occult Terminators are very strong, but they are the linchpin. Um, if if they go, you have no army. Yeah. So, I mean, it's double-edged sword. They're really strong, but if you manage to take them out, that's it. Um, and, you know, with, with the mission that we were playing, getting, uh, was it lethal hits when you're standing on an objective shooting in an enemy unit? Yeah, so we played, yeah. uh, and maybe this is a good time to talk about it, we, we played the mission that came out of the uh, latest issue of white dwarf which i thought that was a was a great idea it was a great idea at the time when i <laughs> when i thought about it a uh, new mission called info geist pursuit a really cool mission sounded amazing and it essentially meant like an oncoming storm was coming to the to the battlefield and you're you're vying over objectives just like you you know always do the standard stuff you had three objectives in no man's land and this, and at the very beginning, the the second battle round, the uh, objectives are worth ten points apiece. There's no mm-hmm. cap; they're just worth ten points apiece. And then the storm hits on rounds three and four, at which point the vision, I guess, is obscured. That's the, that's the point there. And so the objectives are worth five points in the third and fourth battle round. And then the storm clears in the fifth battle round; they're worth ten again. So. There's already some ten- tension built in. And then with the special mission rules for if you were close to the objective and you were shooting uh, out from the... So if I'm on the objective and I'm shooting you and you're on the other side or whatever, then I would get sustained hits on all of my attacks mm, for a range. Hits. Really cool. However, if you were charging into me and I'm close to the objective and you're doing melee, you get lethal hits. Mm-hmm. So... There was all this back and forth stuff and the mission sounded amazing and it probably still is amazing. Um, But we introduced a brand new mission with crazy rules that we haven't played with before, um, Mm. but very different from a normal mission that we would play. And then we had two relatively new players to their respective armies. I mean, Lee's played for several games and and he knows the game well enough. Bill's a, a brand new player, essentially only played a couple times, but in addition, they, these were new armies to them. So, and we're doing multiplayer. So <laughs> we, I mean, we really stacked the the deck against <laughs> ourselves, I think. No um, and at the end of the evening, I was just exhausted from trying to keep track of, <laughs> of everybody else's abilities and armies. And even then we still messed up. I mean, we were, we were doing abilities when we weren't supposed to, we mm-hmm. forgot to calculate points after you know at, at certain intervals yeah. i think at one point you uh completely forgot to do sustained hits which would have you know drastic yeah. i mean stuff like that we did, it was I, just way too much i forgot to move an entire unit because i got so excited about <laughs> lee moving his unit so he could shoot your guys i yeah. i was so excited about lee doing a thing so he could shoot um one of your squads or something with these with the really big guns i think his eldari knight suit thing 
was shooting like Bill's Warlord, and I was mm-hmm. so excited. I was like, "Yes, it's gonna do so much damage!" <laughs> that I for- I forgot to move my Zongors in front of the big robot to screen for him. Yeah, it was real bad. It was just, and I and I caught it well into your turn, and I was like, "Oh no!" Well, yeah. I guess they're gonna stand there for a whole turn. <laughs> it was, well. I, I think that happens. I think everybody's experienced that. I mean, I experienced yeah. it when I played a game fairly recently and I had uh Casper Marine Havocs sitting in front of a, a ruin in cover. And then I just forgot to shoot them two rounds in a row. Oof. Like one of my most potent um, ranged units in the chaos space Marine army. And I just didn't shoot them at all uh, for two rounds because they were hidden behind the ruin. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm just old and I forget to do things, but, and then you're not old and you forgot to do things. So that makes me feel a little better, but <laughs> uh, I you know that's what I, I'm here for. <laughs> I think the, the takeaway from our, our combat patrol thing in general was if, if you're going to do this, I, first of all, I recommend it. I, it was a ton of fun. I, mm-hmm. And some of that, we talked about some of the, the rougher moments. I think one of the best moments is when I'm watching Bill, with his world eaters charge in, make a charge, make some saves, make some hits, roll tons of dice. And we're high-fiving. Like that was really cool. Yeah. You don't get that when you're just playing by yourself. You know, you don't, you high-five yourself, you yeah, know, yeah. Well, you're, you're not going to reach across the table. High-five opponent. I just blew <laughs> apart your whole unit. Yeah. Go, right. go me. <laughs> but that, that was really cool. And you can't, you can't replace that. So right. uh, I'm not trying to steer anyone away from a multiplayer combat patrol battle. I don't know if it's fully balanced or not. That's not really the point. You're really just there to have fun. Um, I I think that we 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 tried to introduce a little too much mm-hmm. um, all at one time, but the the highs outweighed the the lows. I guess I I recommend it. Uh, my verdict, anyway. I recommend a multiplayer game in this variety, but be ready to be patient. Just be patient. Um, Make sure you understand not only your rules, but probably the the other team's rules as well so that you know what's happening. Um, so, And then play a really simple mission. Just play something super, super easy. Don't go for something complex because it's just a, a new way to play. So I don't know. Lawson, what, do you agree, disagree, have any other points for as far as your verdict on this mission and mode? I think I would probably agree with, with all of those points. Uh, I think to you know kind of go back on what you said the the mode the mission that we played fantastic i think it if you and i were to just play by ourselves or it just anybody do a one-on-one with it i think it's it would be awesome in this instance you i mean you pretty much nailed it we we tried to do a little too much at once given everything mm-hmm. uh, but again to reiterate that I, I agree with your verdict the pros definitely outweigh the cons this was so much fun Getting together and playing Warhammer by itself is amazing. Getting together with multiple people and all playing the same Warhammer game together at the same time, 200% better. Yeah. It's it's so much better. It was so much more fun. Even though you and Bill were on the opposite end of the table, I got so excited and I, I probably shouldn't have because, you know, we're were enemies i got so excited <laughs> when lee's robot tried to overwatch bill's warlord as it charged in and lee was set up to do i think seven or eight damage and just just blow Wipe the warlord it. off the table yeah yep, and yep. bill rolled the save and i think he failed the save but spinnick yep. man point re-rolled yep. it and passed i was like that is 
that is so cool. Right. And it was, I was stoked for you guys, but also I was like, I should not be happy because <laughs> this is bad for us. But that was well, also really cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's totally what, worth it. That's one of the things about Warhammer, I think, is especially um, when you're not when you're not focused, I mean, I'm, you bring out, I'm already competitive and you bring out even more competition in me. And at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, sorry, man, I'm, I'm being a little overly competitive here, but my, my frustration was more just because I'm, I was missing rules that I'm trying to help the group out and, yeah. and have a fair and balanced game. Uh, but regardless, we had an amazing time. I don't regret it at all. One thing I, I did want to add on to all of this is we, uh, I, I personally was trying to go all digital. So with this um, shift, at least in the beginning, and we'll talk about it here in a second, with Games Workshop moving to PDFs for the index stuff and adding and allowing all the data sheets to be available for free in, in PDF, and then the Warhammer app coming out, I thought, perfect, I'm going to use a tablet uh, to do this. I'm not going to print off my data sheets like I had done before. And then worrying about having uh, these the most updated versions and, and all that kind of stuff. So I went purposefully all digital just to see what the experience was like. I have a Windows Surface tablet, which uh, doesn't run Android, but there is a way to, um, and not to nerd out, but you can, you can <laughs> download and install a subsystem, an Android subsystem. It, it kind of goes along with um, getting the Amazon App Store. That's a thing that you can get. It's nothing you know, illegal or underground. There's Microsoft encourages you to get the Amazon app store, which inst installs the Android subsystem. Anyway, I was able to uh, sideload the Warhammer 40k app on my Windows 11 Surface Pro 8. I think that's what I have um, and use that as a tablet. Well, what was great about that is that I also had the, the core rules PDFs, uh, which are still completely free on my tablet. I had uh, Adobe Reader pulled up. So I had the core rules up there. I had my combat patrol PDF and then I had the Warhammer app. So I had all three of those things. Um, I, for combat patrol, I thought it worked great because what I did on my, I had, I pulled up Bill's world eaters combat patrol and I had that and you can set it up on the PDF view to have uh, essentially four, you can look at two pages side by side, which in this case is four data sheets. So mm -hmm. I could see four units all on one screen, which was great for combat patrol. And yeah. I, I used that going back and forth, looking up rules, doing the core rule lookup. And then I'd have the Warhammer app, which, you know, in my own experience was faster um, than the PDF and, and doing text search and everything. So it, it was nice to have both. And um, so I, I haven't tried it out for a full 2000 point or even... 1500 point anything outside of combat patrol so i don't know how that's going to work yet especially now since the codexes are, are out and they're getting rid of the pdfs i mean the tyranid codex is out and they've removed the pdfs uh from the website so you can't really do the pdf route anymore unless you do scans i guess of the books but i don't know lawson i know you just got an ipad and you're going to try that out at you've been poking around with it what are your thoughts so far uh so far it's uh it's, it's... Yeah, I, I could definitely I could see both sides uh, on this one. Personally, I I like having it all digital better, uh, but that's just because you know here lately without, especially in you know having played a ninth edition, 
uh, playing Thousand Sons, uh, Blood Angels in ninth edition. I had to carry, especially for Blood Angels, I had to carry three books. I had the rule book, I had the Space Marine Codex, and I had the Blood Angels uh, extra fancy detachment thingy for to to use some of their unique units. And it was mm-hmm. it was rough. I mountain not a molehill, you know what I mean. But still, I ca- carried on three books all the time just to play one army on top of all the models I have to carry around with me. I was just like, well, you know, now I can do everything from just one tablet, one iPad, one laptop, even it, it's. It's better on top of the fact you can search in, in the Warhammer 40 K app, you can search, but if you're not, if you're just using the PDF, you can still search. They have the, the search feature and you can search for the keyword you're looking for. And it will highlight all those keywords, you know, just control effing essentially mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's so much, it's better. It's, it's, it's a lot faster. And I, I understand people's hesitance to maybe not want to go the digital route and it's not for everybody and that's okay. I like it. I, especially for combat patrol, it's so easy. I mean, you mentioned you could just split it into the multi view and have four of the data sheets right there. That's yeah. pretty much your entire army right there. That's perfect. That's, that's everything you'll, you'll need for the 2000 point game. I think it'll be a little bit trickier because if you go into the codexes on the app and you look at just any, any of the factions that you, that you're able to view through the app, you get all of their data sheets. You can't mm-hmm. right now, there's not a way to filter their data sheets by only these dudes. You can't like go in and build an army, right? And then only look at the data sheets for that army in that data sheet view, uh, yeah. as far as I know. So, yeah, I, I wish that the 40K app, I wish they had the ability to look at multiple units or mm-hmm. some kind of like a, a card view. We've talked about this yeah. on the Steve and I on the, on the podcast previously where. I, I wish that, uh, you know, it's it's nice to be able to pull up the army list and, you know, after I've made my my list and I'm, I'm in the game, I can easily scroll through and, and pick a, a unit to, and that's fine. But there was just something nice on the, from the PDF view of being able to compare the data sheets just side by side. Now I, I could look mm-hmm. at four of them side by side and then quickly go over with, with one click because I'm looking at tabs one click over to the world eaters combat patrol with bill and see exactly what his abilities were and then scroll up quickly to see all of the army abilities too. And Mm -hmm. the, the stratagems and all that kind of stuff. It was all right there. And that is the benefit of a combat patrol because it's simplified. But so the, I, as far as a recommendation, I guess for, for anyone listening and thinking about going digital, you know, the iPad, uh, Android tablets are, are great. I was looking at with the the prime sales that they were having recently, you could get a fire tablet for like 50 bucks, you know, or something crazy. Um, You know, it depends on your eyesight and how big of a tablet you want. We were looking at them in there. You could get an 11 inch fire tablet for 150. But then when you get that close, you might as well just get an iPad for 250. This was on sale. Um, But the apps are really nice on the, on the tablet mode. However, there is a lot of versatility with something like a windows tablet um, and you can still sideload if you're very fairly tech savvy. But overall, I think the digital experience can be done. Uh, it is definitely not for everyone, but if you don't want to keep printing out data sheets over and over and over and over again, it is possible. And I would say there's some definite convenience, you know, benefits to having it all digital and not splayed all over the table which is usually what happens, especially if you're playing a 2,000-point game. It's just covered in paper. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, 
I, I preferred the, the single tablet where I could look at everything, but it's definitely not a perfect system. So hopefully Games Workshop will, will add an update or two to the 40K app to make it a little more viable for 2000 point games. It, it still works. They could just they make a couple tweaks and you'd be ready to rock. So anyway, um, that's just a, a brief point on the digital versus paper. Overall, our combat patrol multiplayer showdown, if you will, was an amazing time. Uh, I definitely want to do it again, maybe with mm-hmm. some better prep and a simpler, <laughs> simpler mission just <laughs> yeah. to keep us all sane. But uh, anyway, fun time. And I'm sure we'll be sharing more combat patrol battle reports and future episodes. Well, let's wrap the show here with a review of the latest issue of White Dwarf, issue 491. Um, you know, I'm saving this one for the end because this, I, I don't want to say it was a bad issue. I mean, it just depends on your perspective whenever you're reading through White Dwarf. I always look for diversity in content. If they've got a little bit of narrative, a little bit of um, maybe some of the battle report stuff, I like the the uh, tear out missions we just played the info geist pursuit thing with our combat patrol that was really cool um you know i i like the variety and this one i would say this issue 491 didn't have as much of the variety i think is is what i would like um but it still had some some good stuff so i wanted to touch on a few things the first one um was basic training so they have this in the white dwarf bunker every single issue now and there is a specific section, basic training, and, and this particular section for this month's issue was by Stephen Box with Vanguard Tactics. Again, he's done one before. And it, the tactics were all around moving models, just, just movement. And what I loved about this is that he highlighted how important movement really is in 40K. And I think for... Um, new brand new players it's something that is so easily overlooked because all of the attention is on shooting and melee and dice and you know that's the exciting part uh case in point you forgot to move your entire unit you know (laughs) because of the shooting but i mean that's the exciting stuff right and i i love the fact that he's pointing out how important movement is because it for especially for new players but um movement is such a critical part of the game and can really make the difference between you know, getting victory points or getting getting tabled uh, turn one. So Lawson, I know that, you know, I remember when I first started playing and you were teaching me the value of the whole move and charge combo, not necessarily to kill your opponent, but to take the objectives. And you've had some experience with that recently. Yeah, it's... It's definitely it's one of those things you should never really take for granted or overlook. Uh, I mean, it 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 came up in our in our combat patrol game, um, where it you you can charge in and maybe so. Here's something else too that even Bill mentioned this, and it was a good point too when he mentioned it. The goal may not always be to kill that unit when you charge mm-hmm. in when you try and go into melee. Your job may not be to win. And that's okay. Your job might just be to stall, to tie it down, to set it up for another unit to charge in, to uh, eat an overwatch from your opponent, Mm -hmm. or 
to, if you have a higher objective control, charge in. You, you may not wipe that unit. That's okay. You may end up with more models and you charge in with another unit and now you've whittled it down even more. Now you control the objective, even though they're still on it because your OC is better. So it's, it's all those, all those different nuanced things. Sometimes it's totally worth sacrificing a unit to get the objective. And that's, it's, it's one of those things you, you don't teach new people intentionally because you don't want to overwhelm them. You kind of just say, hey, just go roll some dice, have a good time, mm-hmm. and just do a regular death match. Don't, don't worry about the objectives. But then the more you play, you have to start going, okay, so you understand how it works. Now, here's the importance of objectives. And and that's, I mean, that's what the game is about. It's not about going out there and, oh, I, I, I destroyed 15 units. Mm-hmm. Get wrecked, loser. But you controlled no objectives. Eh, it's not really worth the, the trade in that instance. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that is i mean it's it's the the whole purpose to the game Uh, obviously it depends on the mission but it is the game without the objective control and the nuanced movement you wouldn't i mean warhammer would just be a team deathmatch yeah and i think something that uh one of the things that i did during our game our combat patrol game and you, you probably noticed it is that when I had a unit of um, legionaries, the Chaos Space Marine legionaries mm-hmm. that were within about, I would say, nine or ten inches from your Terminators, and you were shooting, right, and taking them out, and you did a, a few shots on them. And so what I, I did, because my, my turn was over and you were getting ready to charge, I removed models from the front of the squad mm. so mm-hmm. that it would make your charge more difficult. Uh, because now you're going to have to roll a 10 or an 11. Now I may, you know, it's a small uh, increase, but that may mean the difference in survival for the, for the next round. And then now I'm charging you next round. I get to move and charge next time. And, you know, going up against with, I've got, um, you know, chain swords going up against Terminators. It's not always going to be just a, a complete wipe, but I might take out one or two models, you know, especially if I roll well, might maybe even mm-hmm. more, um, there's always that chance, but it's not just the movement. You're, you also have to think about the movement of the other player. So what, you know, and the order in which things are happening. So if I am, if I've already gone, it doesn't mean I can't impact your ability to take out my squad. And to your point, even, even you surviving with one or two models left may mean the difference between a contested objective and then your opponent taking five victory points because you know you you didn't uh, you you decided to charge in away from an objective or something like that. So I think movement in general is so critical, and I, I love that they're pointing out little nuances of the game because some of that stuff's really hard to teach new players because you're the Warhammer Warhammer is such a a a complex game and nuanced game that oftentimes it's easy to, um, I guess, just go after the, the dice and the shooting. And you, it's difficult for new players and even veteran players to get into some of this the, the intricacies of movement and charging and objectives. And, and I just remember playing you way back, you know, many years ago and just learning every single time I play it. Like, oh, man, how did, how did, mm-hmm. I, how did I miss that? And you're still on the, uh, the objective of getting victory points, even though I defeated your your unit or whatever yep but i mean we (laughs) you say you say it like that but also here lately in the games we've been playing the reverse has definitely been true 
there have been plenty of times where you you make this strategic play and then I find myself after the game wondering, why didn't I catch that? If I had caught that, <laughs> I could have, I don't know, done anything differently. Maybe the game, maybe I wouldn't have just lost there. It, mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe I wouldn't have struggled so hard to to win or struggled so hard to, to tie, you know, just, just all these different things. So it's, you, you definitely have uh, turned the tables on me when it comes to strategy, or at least if nothing else, you, you make me work for it sometimes. <laughs> you don't always well, make it easy. I know. Like I, I would, I remember when I first started playing, um, you know, or teaching Warhammer to, to, you know, friends and, you know, generally in the first several games that, that I would play against them, I'm usually winning just because I know little things and I'm trying to help them understand. It's not always. I mean, I think Bill beat me with his Chaos Knights uh, right out of the gate. But when I when I play you, I I have to be I have to come prepared. It's like studying for an exam. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got to be ready to go. And if I make any mistakes, it's just game over, um, which is always fun. So I just this game is so unique. It's unlike any other game that I've ever played. Um, and I play a lot of board games, Dungeons and Dragons, all this stuff where you can you can literally do anything. There's lots of strategy and, and outsmarting opponents and the dungeon master or whatever. But there is just something about this game, this tactics game, where you can make little choices that have this ripple effect that can completely alter the outcome. And it's great. And so I just, yeah. I, I think the, the basic training section of every bunker, um, feature within white dwarf is always great especially when they highlight little things like this that you might overlook is not as interesting but if you are checking out the latest issue of white dwarf definitely don't skip over the basic training because it gives you some really good tips on movement and how to maximize uh your your movement phase to ensure that you're you're getting the most out of your turn so um the the next section i want to talk about um, you know, they, they released the new combat patrol mission. We've, we've already talked about that a little bit about the, the info guys pursuit, the abilities that you get by staying close to the objectives. One of the things that I really liked though, and Lawson, I'm, I'm interested in your take here. Um, I've seen a lot of the, the missions lately in white dwarf that are age of Sigmar related, and they are always so heavy on the narrative and just creating this epic battle uh with lots of different you know uh, variety and random things that happen i remember you and i playing a mission one time where it had uh like earthquakes and tremors oh, man. and that was, that was a good mission oh uh, so cool right you set up the that little was, um yeah. what, was it, what was it we set up objectives and you had to roll mm-hmm. dice and oh, co- yeah, connect turn. two points mm-hmm. oh man let's see so you rolled and you connected yeah. two points and then if your unit was in between those two points then you took mortal wounds. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, that is such That's a cool, so cool thing. And they don't really do that too much with 40K, which is why I was so excited to play this Info Guys Pursuit. Now, granted, we we did it on a multiplayer 2v2 and new armies and all that other mess. But, you know, if we had to play just, you know, one-on-one, I think uh, we would have been able to enjoy it a little more. And I definitely want to play it again. It's just, a, it's a cool mission but I love the fact that they're leaning heavily into the narrative side of things. And, you know, Lawson, I know you've played uh, Age of Sigmar. Would you agree, I guess, on the, the game side with the narrative, with uh, Age of Sigmar being superior in, in terms of 
spicing up the gameplay a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I've played, I've definitely played more 40 K 40 K games in my experience than I have age of Sigmar. And I still, I, I'm sorry. 40 K does not hold a candle to the way and the, the, the impact that the age of Sigmar story has when you play the game, when you play age of Sigmar, the story that it tells or the, the scene that it puts you in, it just feels way more involved. Like you actually feel like you're a commander on that battlefield and you're Mm. actually trying to take pivotal locations to expand your factions territories or capture whatever. Like it it feels very relevant to the game. um, And you feel seriously directly involved. Like you're actually part of it aside from just throwing dice on a table Yeah. with 40 K they, they do a good job but I think that they should definitely lean into the story a lot more. 40K has got some really awesome narrative stuff. It's it's just like Age of Sigmar in the sense that you can you can do whatever you want. The, the it's you have the entire galaxy to work with. You could be this army. You you could be the, the space marines that just got stationed on this planet and you've been defending it for you know 10 years whatever nothing crazy and then all of a sudden there's a chaos incursion that you have to defend against that's Mm -hmm. your you know very rough base story okay cool you you can do that because the 40k narrative is huge and very open and allows the ability to do that and i really think that if they leaned into that a lot more created more narrative missions or narrative things like i mean again this combat patrol amazing more stuff like that would be awesome because then it would allow allow us as players to get involved more involved really feel like we're actually a part of the game again aside from just throwing dice on a table yeah and it would i i think it would just be amazing i but i'm a sucker for the narrative stuff i love playing the games but i really love telling a story Mm -hmm. Uh, crusade oh crusade is so much fun because you you make your characters and you get to be those characters and it's just it's Crusade is amazing. So adding more narrative stuff, perfect, would be super awesome. Yeah, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, this, a lot of times in the White Dwarf issues, they have a ton of just narrative content, not necessarily game-related. It's not a, doesn't accompany a mission always. Sometimes it's just a, a short story or a continuing story from the last episode, the last issue, rather. And what I love about that, though, is that, again, I'm not a big lore person a lot of a big fanatic on that but occasionally I'll, I'll start reading one of these narrative uh features and it inspires me for some content that i want to run for the next game and and if nothing else it's just maybe a couple of paragraphs that okay this is what's happening i mean even watching the pariah nexus show okay the the planet has been invaded by necrons and you've got a, a joint task force of space marines and sisters of battle trying to defend a, a central uh, objective where they're they're trying to get data or they're trying to capture the the imperial guard prisoners or something like that and you could just make that up and then now you have a basis for a, a narrative game and I love that white dwarf does that um, you know you mentioned crusade combat patrol with age of sigmar has more of this vanguard thing that they keep talking about and you know, I, I think that's something that they're going to lean into more. I keep hearing Vanguard boxes. They've got a Vanguard uh, carrier case thing that we talked about last last episode where it's the silicone Iron Maiden to, to carry your 
your figures. So they're doing mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff with Age of Sigmar. It'd be interesting to see if they come out with something in the future for for Vanguard that's similar to Combat Patrol. Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if that's going to hit a future issue of White Dwarf where they talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, overall, I would say this issue if you're if you're curious if you're if you're not a, a subscriber i still recommend the subscription I, I think it's a it's a good value for a lot of cool warhammer content it's just something awesome about having it delivered to your door but this particular issue unless you really really like the narrative stuff and like reading those stories i would say skip this one um, if you're thinking about picking up the one off the shelf skip this one maybe wait for for next issue and to see if that is more in line with what you're looking for. But again, if you love the narrative, this is a good issue to pick up. Um, always recommend White Dwarf regardless. Well, that will wrap our show. Lots to talk about this week um, as a, a precursor to Warhammer Day coming up mm. uh, on Saturday. Really exciting times there. Uh, if, you, if you're if you not aware, go check out um, Warcom's site and look up all the stuff coming out on this Saturday Local time, I think, for us is uh, 8 a.m. Central mm-hmm. on Saturday. Really exciting. Looking forward to it. And we will be discussing all of that on the next episode of uh, Dad Hammer, Bolters, and Booze. Thank you again for listening. I am David the War Boss. Thank you, Chief Librarian Lawson, for your time and attention and your uh, in-depth rules analysis and all of your guru shenanigans that you bring and your mocktail. I appreciate that, too. Always. It's a pleasure. Again, thanks for having me on the show. It's always a blast to hop in here and hang out with my friends and, or in this case, my, my friend. Since friend. Your friend of me? Steve, my, my friend of me. <laughs> yeah. It's always nice to get in here and hang out with my, my friends yeah. and frenemies That's and right. talk Warhammer stuff. It's, it's, it's awesome. Always a good time. Well, Absolutely. thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time on Dad Hammer. Cheers, Lawson. Cheers. Cheers.